Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Don't get scared. You still got another hour of pure home happiness with us at Rosie on the House. We only talk about things everyone loves, you and your home. How can you beat that? You're tired of listening to all that other national and local news that drags you down, beats you up, and throws you in the gutter? Just forget about it. You're in my house. Let's be happy and talk about you and your home. We do that by you dialing one 767 4348 There's an automatic attendant that will answer the phone, and you just bypass that by pushing one, and you'll be put in direct contact with Sweet Jennifer, who's here in the studio. She'll get your name, like Tim, who is a first-time caller, who's called. We're going to take his call here in just a minute. We've got a couple open lines. If you'd like to get in, now would be the time to do it. Now, the other thing that it would be time to do is for you to log on to our website, rosieonthehouse.com. I promised that of the first 100 new people that asked for our Rosie on the House Homeowner Handbook Calendar for 2021, we would draw a winner uh, for a Valley Forge Made in America, red, white, and blue, old glory, top-of-the-line quality American flag with a, a mounting bracket and a short flag staff that you can mount on the outside of your home and and display your proud American commitment. Uh, One winner will be drawn, but we've had such an overwhelming response. I will tell you, get on there now, and we will draw two winners from the top 200 entries that get the first 200 that get admitted today. If you're a current subscriber and you get an automatic renewal every year, you don't have to call in. We're looking for new people to reach. Maybe your neighbor's new. Call us. Give us their name and address. We'll send them a calendar. We won't give that information or share it with anybody. Miss Marty just called in to get hers, and she said, can I have three? She said, I promise I'll give them to people that haven't heard of you. So that's a great way to help us get the word out, too. Absolutely. We are here to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And the best thing you can do for any newcomer to Arizona or new homeowner is make sure they know about Rosie on the House. We're here to serve you, the Arizona homeowner. So, If you don't have a computer, you are welcome to call and give us your name and address, and we'll get these calendars to you. Why don't we go to Tom, who's been waiting very patiently for a good long while, while we covered all the content I wanted to get through, and see if we can't help him out, especially because he is a first-time caller to the show. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Thank you for taking my phone call. Well, thank you for your patience, my man. What's your question, buddy? I have a question regarding flooring. Okay. Uh, We're going to replace our current tile flooring, probably a little over 1,000 square feet. Uh, Originally, what we were thinking of doing is tile planks. Uh, My wife and I um, 
we want to get away from drought. So we've actually changed our mind. And two, also, I'd like to add that uh, ripping up the current tile, uh, we both work from home, it'd be a disaster. We would probably okay. have to leave or pay an exorbitant amount of money to have it removed and do it cleanly. Okay. So we were actually thinking about doing um, uh, tile, or, uh, excuse me, uh, hardwood planks or even vinyl plank okay. floating on the top of our current tile. I wanted to get your opinion on that. And are you, is this a project you're trying to do yourself? No, we actually have a contractor that uh, uh, would be doing that for us. Okay, good. Well, I would want who's ever going to install it to take a look at the condition of the existing tile. We want to make sure uh, there aren't any subsurface cracks that are telegraphing through the tile. If there are, we need to figure out why they're there and do they need to be addressed before we put anything over the top. We need to take a look at the undulations between the existing tile and the grout line. How much of the undulation could possibly transfer through to the surface of the vinyl? I would want to take a good hard look at that. Uh, We can lay vinyl over the top of several flooring products. But if it's got an uneven surface to it at all, just know in time that will transfer through to whatever you're putting on top of it. I can tell you this, that uh, in our remodeling company, we only use, uh, or or we prefer to use, a dust-free tile removal company. They charge us $2.75 a square foot. Uh, If you're interested, I can make arrangements for them to get in touch with you, and I will have them perform the job at our contractor's cost, not retail value. That's going to save you about 30%. It really does remove all the tile with less than a tablespoon of dust for a 1,000 square feet. It's an incredible process. Whatever contractor you've already selected to do the job, you follow their recommendations, but you make sure They understand your expectations. You don't want to lay down a six, a eight, or a ten dollar square foot luxury vinyl tile wood plank, and then in two years have it showing all the underlying grout undulations of the tile they laid over the top of. So proceed with your contractor. Make sure they are licensed, bonded, and insured, and. Thank you for being a first-time listener. Do you have a Rosie on the House homeowner handbook calendar? I do not. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to get your address, and you you will now get that calendar. And thanks for calling. I hope that information helps. If you've got the licensed bonded contractor selected, they're the ones that are going to be responsible for your long-term happiness. Make sure they understand your expectations and make sure you're very clear with them about what you want. Go ahead, Ron. They're they're lining up, baby. Let's take them. Julie's next on the line. Welcome to the broadcast. How may we help you? Good morning. I always enjoy your show. Um, I had a question for you. You were talking earlier about trying to find a block home. Well, mine, I live in Glendale. Mine is a frame home. It was built in 83 And I've been wanting to do, I'm doing upgrades slowly. I've been wanting to do something about uh, 
more energy efficient siding, and I wasn't sure how to go about that having frame. Oh, there, there, there are lots of options, Julie. Um, the home was built in '83. Now, how long have you been in it? Ninety-four. Since '94, so you've 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 experienced the life of 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 what you've had to do to keep the home up. There are lots of things. Oh, yes. There are lots of things we can do. Uh, let's let's start, Julie. Have you had a whole house energy audit done yet? Um, no, I have not. I did recently uh, have the blown-in insulation put in and had gotten a new air conditioner. It's been about a year and a half ago that okay. I did all that. Okay. And, and how many square feet is the home? It's about, um, I want to say it's about... 1718 and you're a year-round resident i am and how many people live in the house just myself and does it have a swimming pool no is it all electric yeah what temperature do you keep it in the middle of the summer um usually i try to go with 80 yeah well you're probably not spending you're probably not spending more than 140 dollars a month in the middle of the summer on your electric bill, are you? No, not usually, except yeah. you know for this last summer. Yeah. Well, you're you're doing incredibly well, and I just want to warn you that you aren't going to get that bill much lower than you've already got it, no matter how much you spend. But I will do this: I will come to the house, we'll visit, we'll take a look at it, and I will grant you a free whole house energy audit so stay online and i'll bring you a calendar uh stay online we'll get the appointment information made we'll get you a whole house energy audit made you've got to do that first before you spend another dime trying to squeeze out energy from your home okay julie you're going to be glad you called we're going to take good care of you like we do every arizona homeowner That, that's even hard for me to air guitar. Well, that's some real finger pricking right there. I'd holy like to see you air fiddle that. My goodness, holy cow. All right, folks, we're drawing close to the 200 new entries for a Rosie on the House homeowner handbook calendar. We will take two of those of the first 200, and we will award two homeowners a gorgeous Valley Forge an American flag from the Valley Forge Flag Company. This is 100% made in America. It's three foot by five foot. It's two ply spun polyester. Comes with brass grommets. The flag has sewn stripes and embroidered stars. It's a beautiful flag. Of It's a beautiful old glory you can hang in your front yard. From the first 200 new people, that won a rosy calendar, we're going to pick two names and send you, or maybe even hand deliver you, an American flag. It's one of the things that we started when we put together our East store. One of the things that always chapped my hide was that it was so hard to find an American flag made in America. So 
that was one of the first things we put on there. We found a good American brand that was made in America, certified by uh, an association that it is made in America. And we we even had a, a gentleman, Jim and Chandler, went on and bought one this morning. He he wasn't waiting for the drawing. He, he just went ahead and bought one. So. Let's just buy it. You could go to a store. You could pick up an American flag for 20 bucks, but when you open it and get it, hang it, it's going to be cheap plastic. Sunburned, sun beat up. Made in, it won't say USA, so... <clears throat> Uh, the the three by five and we are working to get bigger sizes in are uh are about 50 bucks but, but it's american bigger. like three feet by five feet is what we sell we're I gonna get it. yeah we're gonna get a bigger flag yeah there's a couple sizes bigger that we're gonna what? have to stock well we better find a flag pole <laughs> <laughs> well amazingly enough it's uh actually came on request from some of our partners that have business locations oh and a lot of you know businesses well, flags are bigger than you know what we put on the the side of our homes that three by five is very standard what you see in home but you know you drive by a business and they're a lot bigger so a couple of them are like why don't you have bigger sizes for us well We'll solve that for you. Okay. Do we have any uh, Arizona State flags and still in inventory? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you yes, got to get one do. of those, too. That's a great point, same, Gary. Great same point. manufacturer. These are available at com. We have an e-commerce store where we specialize in rounding up products. We've actually field tested, generally all made in America, or at the very least assembled in America, toolboxes, safety glasses. The actual uh, product of the week this week is our Hex Armor Safety glasses. Pretty stylish. Uh, Romy uses them as daily sunglasses. We're actually field testing a new product of theirs uh, for blue light that you wear in front of a computer screen when you're in front of one all day long. And I think I think the field test we've had so far is... Gary, you're you're pretty happy with it. Yeah, right? I, I've used them at the office. I've used them at the home studio, and uh, I, I've noticed a difference in a little bit less eye strain. So uh, so far, the test has been good. Okay, they're not available through the e-store yet. We're, we're we got to approve them and field test them first. But if you're looking for particular gifts of a handyman or handy woman in your life, uh, check out the e-commerce store at Rosie on the House and see if there isn't something there. There's lots of Rosie on the House tools, hammers tape measures, toolboxes, all logoed Rosie on the House, and all made in America. We had our John Eisenhower in the studio this morning in our outdoor living hour. He comes in the second Saturday of every month. And then you had mentioned our most popular article in the 9 o'clock hour was burning Chris, Can I Burn My Christmas Tree in My Fireplace? Well, John has since called in because he's got a story for us about burning Christmas trees and fireplaces. <laughs> Let's hear it, John. Well, I couldn't help remembering this story. When I was about 10 years old, I got my first Swiss Army knife, one of those multifunction knives that, you know, kids got back then, the red ones with the red handle. They still have them, and they're wonderful. And I... One of the things I was intrigued by is it had that little, very sharp saw blade on there. And so my mom was saying I needed to get that Christmas tree taken down and and uh, delimbed. And I said, well, Mom, can I just burn the, the, the Christmas tree in the fireplace? And she said, well, sure, that would be fine. And she was busy in, in another part of the house. And I dutifully took that Christmas tree and I took my little Swiss Army knife and cut every branch <laughs> off the tree and I didn't burn them one at a time. I stuffed the entire oh, fireplace yeah. full of all those dry, 
pine branches. And we had this big fireplace. It was a um, about 10 feet wide. It was a large hearth, a big V-shaped hearth, about 10 feet wide. And, you know, the chimney itself was only probably two or three feet uh, wide, but the, it went down in both directions, right and left, another two or three feet on each side of the actual chimney. Well, I stuffed the whole thing full of brush, and then I got my little kitchen, uh, probably a little kitchen match, and lit the thing on fire. Well, the flames leaped out of the the, uh, the fireplace. It went up in a big whoosh, and the flames came up up the hearth, and we were looking at the, the wood beams on the ceiling, and my mom you know, came rushing out from the kitchen, you know, in, in horror, screaming, and she'd gotten the trash can partly filled, you know, a little kitchen trash can partly filled with water and sloshed it on there, and it was still just roaring, and um, it it left these big scars up the slump block fireplace all the way, you know, big black marks all the way up to, to the ceiling, and she feverishly for the next, it, it finally burned down before it burned the house. Thank goodness. You know, there's a certain bit of humor in the story, but it's tragic because oh. this is exactly what can happen. Uh, this cautionary tale that um, if uh, you try to burn too much at once, it's just incredibly hot. Pine is, a, is so full of pitch. It's just a, flam- a flammable um, uh, wood and very flammable wood. And it was very, very close to, you know, catching the house on fire. And and uh, it had a happy ending. My mom uh, took every cleanser she knew how to, you know, that we had in our cabinet to try to get those black scars off the slump block before Dad came home. And uh, it, it uh, we laugh about it today, but it was one of those stories where could have been tragic. And uh, just, again, a cautionary tale that just be extremely careful with the, with those branches of your pine trees. They're very, very flammable. Well, we're I, glad I you lived to tell about it. I, I can't imagine the smell had to be horrible. Oh, it is. It's terrible. But one thing I've learned about being in radio broadcasting for 30 years, when you want to tell something you've done that's less than brilliant, I always say, I knew someone one time that did this. <laughs> we had a caller call in and tell <laughs> we us We had that. a caller call in and tell us. I never say something. Did you see the story? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. So, moral of the story, don't burn your Christmas tree in your fireplace. If you want to do it that way, you take it outside, you chop it up, you let it dry for months until all that pine tar gets out of there. Then, by the time it's cold enough next winter, it'll be ready for you to burn. Otherwise, just have it chipped up and mulched up and... Here in segment number three, our open home hour, we like to talk about our weekly to-do, and we've actually got one of our certified partners, George Cathy, in with us from Isley's Home Service. If you heard last week, we had a good conversation about a gentleman wanting to know if he should go uh, with a traditional tankless because his needed to be replaced, his water heater, or do a tankless water heater. But And it just so happens that our weekly to-do and our home maintenance calendar this week is on water heaters. So we talked last week about the pros and cons of going to them. But this week, we're going to talk about the maintenance of each one of those, starting with your traditional tank water heater. George, what does a homeowner need to know about maintenance on what's been probably 90% of our homes, just the traditional tank water heater? Okay. The, um, the biggest and most important thing that uh, most of the manufacturers recommend for maintenance on a water heater is that it gets 
flushed out at least once a year. I think every six months is probably even better than that, but you know, at least once a year. On top of that, checking the anode rod every couple of years, you know, that's what prevents the corrosion or the water heater from developing leaks. So having that checked out every couple of years by a plumber is uh, helpful as well. You know, the water heater, I think, is probably one of the hardest working appliances in the whole house. And you never think about it as long as it's doing its job. And when you do think about it, it's always a mess. Every time. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a mess. So these little preventative measures go a long way to help you forget about your water heater. Just remember it twice a year. All right. So you've got electric and you've got gas. Correct. Traditional, 40, 50, 80 gallon, Mm -hmm. sits in a closet somewhere, takes up about three square feet. Some of the things you need to know about that is to replace it requires a building permit. Correct. And they've added some new regulations to replacing those. Now they're putting in the pressure relief tanks on top. We never used to do that 10 years ago. What's that all about? So there's uh, expansion tanks. A lot of places are requiring um, drain pans as well to catch the water in the event that the water heater does eventually leak because they all do eventually. It's just a matter of when, not if. Um, But the expansion tanks are there to help relieve stress on the water heater because, of course, anytime water is heated inside of an enclosed vessel, you know, it has to expand into somewhere. So this is an additional component of the water heater. You've got an expansion tank, and then you still have your pressure relief valve. Yes, so the the pressure or the the TMP valve, that is there in case the water heater ever gets too hot or the pressure gets too high. How long can we expect a traditional tank water heater to last in Arizona, whether it's gas or electric. In your experience, will one last longer than the other? Typically, gas water heaters tend to last a little bit longer. Kind of a good guide is to go by the warranty of the water heater. It seems like the manufacturers have it down to a science where if they give you a six-year warranty, it's going to last just about six years, or, in, or 10 years is going to last just about 10 years. That's probably what most our listeners have. Should they get home one day and find the inevitable leak? Uh, that's leaked into the kitchen, the pantry, the laundry room, the, all of them, uh, if you're lucky, maybe just all over the garage. Uh, but they find that leak, and they've got to reassess, okay, do I want to replace this baby, or do I want to go with something new? Something new within the last 10 years has been these heat pump water heaters. You like those? I do like those. They're, they're not too complicated? They're not too complicated at all. They're, they're installed exactly the same way as a traditional electric water heater. They do take up a little bit more space because they're a little bit taller and sometimes a little bit wider in diameter. But I would say 90% of the time they fit within the same space. Will it run on the same electrical that's there for an existing tank water heater? Yes, the electrical uh, requirements are exactly the same as a regular water heater. So like the heat pump we put on your roof to make you comfortable in the summer, we air condition with it. In the winter, we heat with it. It's exactly the same unit. Now they're putting a minor heat pump on top of the water heater, and we manage that heat, and we redirect the heat into the tank. It makes a lot of sense. But how tough is it to find a plumbing technician to service that? Or do you call an air conditioning guy to service that? <laughs> a lot of the t- uh, there are some components on it that are identical to a traditional electric water heater. They have heating elements inside of them. Um, they do have a circuit board, which replaces the you know the thermostat that you would normally see on an electric water heater. But the warranty, the way it's uh, designed or written, is that if there's any component within the heat pump itself or the, the refrigerant system, they just completely replace the entire water heater. 
So there's really no need to, there's no maintenance or service on that portion of it. Now, let me ask you this. If I had an 80-gallon gas and it went out on me and it needed to be replaced, would I even think about going electric heat pump? I would stay gas okay. um, because of the cost of running new electrical over to the heat pump because there might not be any there. Um, I, don't, I don't think the return on investment would be worth it. Now, if that 80-gallon gas goes out, do I even consider a tankless, which is the next evolution of water heaters, now tankless both in gas and electric? Absolutely. Um, the energy or the gas consumption on a tankless water heater is going to be far less than that of an 80-gallon gas water heater. The cost of 80-gallon gas water heaters is pretty significant, so it's probably not that much more expensive just to you know change over to, to tankless. And the other benefits of that is the water heater is going to last a lot longer. They have 15-year warranties. Uh, some have 10-year warranties, but the average warranty is about 15 years. Is there anything a homeowner can do maintenance-wise on a tankless water heater? I mean, you look at it, there's really not much to touch. The best thing you can do for a tankless water heater is install a water softener. That's going to increase the longevity of it, make it last longer, run more efficiently. The maintenance on it, if someone would have to be particularly handy, it's really not a job for your average homeowner because there are chemicals that has to be pumped through it in order to descale it. So again, prevention is the best um, practice. Yeah, <laughs> prevention is regular the, prevention. Uh, you mentioned a water softener. If I don't have a water softener, it really kind of complicates the decision a little bit, doesn't it? Because you're flash heating this water. When you flash heat water that's already hard. You're exacerbating the problem. You're, you're, you're making it worse. Yes. Yeah. So. Anytime water is heated, all the scale, lime scale that's inside the water will tend to attach itself to whatever type of metal is in there. So in this situation, it would be a copper or stainless steel you know, tube lime scale will build up on. A handful of years ago, it seemed like you had to have a water softener to get a warranty for the manufacturer to honor its warranty on the system itself. Is that still the case? It's a bigger deal with electric. Um, from my experience, the Gas tankless water heaters, the manufacturers aren't that strict about it, but for the electric ones, definitely, they are, they're pretty strict. And that's one of the first questions they ask you is, do you have a water softener? All right, George, as service manager for Isley's, uh, you get the phone call. Uh, Mrs. Jones uh, sees water leaking out of the bottom of her electric water heater. What questions do you take her through to put her in the right piece for the future? Um, the first thing I do is ask him a few questions. You know, how many people live in the house? How many bathrooms do you have? Do you plan on staying here? People that are going to stay in the house for an extended amount of time or there's a, a big household with lots of people, they tend to benefit from going to a tankless more than someone that's just a single person that's only going to live there a few years. Um, in those situations, it's probably best to stick with a traditional water heater. Uh, if you're going to be there for a while or if you have a lot of people or you want to um, save money on the cost of electricity long-term, then a heat pump or a tankless water heater would be the best result. Now, if that 80-gallon gas unit goes out, uh, we've recently moved sweet Jennifer's mom in with us. She just happens to take a shower exactly the same time I like to take a shower, which is exactly the same time Jennifer likes to run laundry. Will that tankless gas unit keep up with all those three activities at one time? The short answer is probably not. It, it can depend on the season and the temperature of the incoming water. In the summertime, when the water's coming into the house nice and warm, you know, the, the tankless water heater tends to keep up better than 
in the wintertime when the water's coming in cold. And even with these new technologies, whether it's a heat pump or the tankless, you know, you'd said water heaters are going to leak. These are still going to ultimately run to the end of their life. What are we doing for leak detection these days? You know, when it's always been you get home and you you, you, you discover a mess and, well, we got a leak. But we've got technology to help us, you know, circumvent uh, the water damage that can happen from a, a water heater leak. Absolutely. So there's a, a few different things out there on the market. I would say the most common and most cost effective is devices that, you know, set up an audible sound or an alarm whenever there's moisture detected. And usually you'll place those in the pan or somewhere really close to the water heater. And that way, if it leaks, you know, it sends out an alarm. The only issue with those is, for one, you have to be home to actually hear the alarm. And two, you have to remember to replace the batteries on those. The other solution for that is there's leak detectors that you can put at the entry of your house, at the service entry where the water enters the home. And there's actually apps that will communicate with your phone and let you know, hey, something's going on and there may be potentially a leak. So you're not shutting off just the water here. You're just shutting off the entire water to the whole house. Correct. Our leak detection system is an app. We didn't have it installed very long where Jennifer and I were out for a nice dinner uh, and my phone starts going off. And it's the app saying the leak detector is detecting water. Yeah. <laughs> Not the message you want so to get at dinner. We weren't home, but I was being notified. So at the very least, I could call my neighbor, hey, Todd, get over there. You know you know where the key's hidden. Get in there and shut that water heater off. But, mm-hmm. you know, so there, there are even apps that uh, should you, you not be able to get there, at least you'd be able to get the water turned off. But then the upgrade from that, like you say, is the automatic shutoff that just turns all the water off to the house by way of radio frequency communication. Correct. So you can save yourself from the horrible homeowner's claim uh, that's one of the number one homeowner claims in America, the leaky hot water heater. So proper maintenance, uh, one of these little notification apps, appropriate pan that's drained to the outside, <laughs> make sure it's drained to the outside, are all things that can buy you a little peace of mind. George Cathy of Isley's Home Services, thanks a million for coming in and educating the Arizona homeowner. No problem. Thanks for having me. Our little Rosie on the House broadcast for the day. We hope in some way in the last three hours, we lifted your spirits, melted away your fear, your anxiety, and the stress that you're carrying in your heart, your head, in your neck, on your shoulders. Just let it melt away, okay? Just remember this. With the right frame of mind, the darker it seems to get, the brighter we can all shine, all right? So let's take that as a personal challenge for the following week. Let's see how bright we each and individually can shine on our family, our work associates, our peers, and our neighbor. Let's shine. All right. We had a call. Uh, Miss Kathleen was on hold, couldn't hold any longer. Uh, wanted to know where can I get green rock for my yard in Mesa? Miss Kathleen, I would ask you to call our Rosie certified landscaping expert in the East Valley, CYC Landscaping. Ask for Mark. The number is 480-539-2597. CYC Landscaping, uh, operating out of Mesa, Rosie certified. They've been a partner, I'm going to say, for about 10 years now. 
and they've been a fabulous partner. We get rave reviews about all of the work they do. They will have an inside line on where to get green rock. She says she wants it for the whole subdivision. So <laughs> there's going to be a lot of green rock going out to Mesa. Call Mark at CYC Landscaping. At the end of this show, real quick, from my entire staff here in the broadcast studio, Carol Grace, Sweet Jennifer, Gary D., Romy, what are y'all's takeaways for today? What do you want the Arizona homeowners to remember about today's broadcast? Well, we hit and exceeded our mark for calendar requests. Okay. And it's been so fun to see them pour in from first-time listeners, from people who have just moved here. So a very special welcome to those of you who have just come in. And there's a few that texted the KTR station mm. asking, so we got to, but didn't add put them, their add address. Add them to the list. I promise so I see you. You will not be calendarless. Um, oh, that's great. If you've entered awesome. to win a calendar, make sure that you keep an eye on your phone or email on Tuesday. I'll be contacting you if you won those Valley Forge flags. Well, and from the call screener booth here, um, I really didn't hear much of the show. <laughs> yeah, you always, you always have an interesting perspective of the broadcast. Well, we had so many nice callers, and, and as along with Carol, new people for just tuning in and just finding us, all the way to people who've listened for a long time and enjoy the upbeat, uh, you know, drama-free show. So welcome, everybody, and thanks for the calls today. Drama-free, and we like to say trauma-free. That too. Right. Gary D., what's your takeaway for today's broadcast, my friend? That the ghost gum tree, which is a form oh, of eucalyptus. I had a follow up just in case. Drag, okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're going to edit that out and <laughs> I'm going to go out. with. Give me time to think of something. Okay, I'll, well, I'll wait. No, something. no, you're going to keep that. Don't burn your Christmas tree in the fireplace. <laughs> Come on. It All was, right, Romy, so what's yours? <laughs> it was hilarious how many people from across the country Googled. Can I burn my fire, fire, my Christmas tree in the fireplace? And I heard from remodeling contractors that I know personally whose wives were Googling that while they were cutting the limbs off their tree and stuffing it in the fireplace. The wives uh, had the good sense of Googling it. Can these be burned? And it was our article that was being spread into all their homes, saving them from burning their house down. Romy, what's your takeaway for today, my friend? You know that calls on that are still ghost, coming. You're still answering the phone <laughs> on that ghost gum tree. I the fact that there is something that will go from eight feet to thirty feet in five years. You know, all, everyone asks for fast growing, fast growing trees, and I don't know that I've seen anything. A mesquite can probably. Um, they may not. They won't get to that kind of height. They will bush out and get very. Um, you know, because in the wild, they are kind of bushy, shrubbery type tree, but something that grows straight vertical that'll go from eight feet to 30 feet in five years, that that ghost gum acacia, no, not acacia, uh, eucalyptus, the ghost gum eucalyptus. Was it eucalyptus? It was. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ghost gum eucalyptus. Yeah, form of a, one of the many eucalyptus yeah, trees. That, that's the one that's going to jump out at you, huh? That, yep. Okay. Less litter tree, too. <laughs> we have a, the property south of us, I've been telling everyone i'm like guys we need to plant a row of trees because eventually somebody's going to buy and develop that property and we don't want to be looking at the house yeah that's right like no it's going to tear up our mountain view well a 40-yard dumpster got placed on it last week and they Uh all they're all why didn't we plant these trees earlier so these tall vertical uh kate uh, ghost gums i'm gonna look at like we learned from john j harper years ago the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago Uh, My takeaway for today is just welcoming all the new 
Arizona homeowners. 230 people a day moved into just Maricopa County. We'd like to throw out a great big welcome mat to you all. And we hope you, uh, we hope your neighbor uh, notifies you and gives you alert to make sure you tune in to Rosie on the House. We've been doing a homeowner call-in question and answer show about home improvement, home remodeling for 32 years. We've been the number one radio talk show on the weekend in Arizona for 32 years. We're here for you. We're free. And we are an encyclopedia for Arizona homeownership. For you, the Arizona homeowner, who we try every day of the year to earn the right to be called your best friend. Come on in and join us next Saturday morning, 8 to 11, right here at my house, Rosie on the House. This week, shine bright, everybody. Shine bright.